I talk, you talk, we talk. Let's do this. Ball in, ball out, game on. Welcome to No Excuses. Some people call it sports. I call it therapy. This is Double A with your lower down on some sports showdowns. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I mean, I'm going to let you finish, but can we talk about Julius Randle and the New York Knicks and the way they have been balling? Can we talk about the Giants? And I'm just going to put it out there and say Deshaun Watson. Nobody else wants to put it on their radar. But Deshaun Watson to the Giants, I'm putting it out there in the universe. Guys, welcome to No Excuses. Let's talk about it all from football to basketball. And listen, don't forget you can catch us on dasfamily.com every Wednesday for new episodes. And make sure you like us on the Das Family Instagram. Let's go. Hey guys, welcome to No Excuses, um, our weekly podcast show talking everything about Knicks, Giants, the important teams, but also the Miami Heat and Green Bay Packers, the more important teams. And then yeah, everything else with sports on and off the field in the court. So let's just get right into it. Uh, and let's talk about, obviously, I am the official Knicks and Giants resident, as I should be. Uh, so let's just talk about last night. I had a good time last night. Yeah, I bet you did. I really did. I had my mimosas. And I had the Knicks showing up. Mm. Once again, a consistent thing that we are doing. Um, and I just want to say I'm feeling it. I'm excited. I'm happy. You know, it wasn't a complete blowout, but I think we won by what, like 10? Um, I think we won by like 10 points last night, which, you know, is decent against the Pelicans. Um, But even more than that, I'm just liking the way the team is looking, and we'll talk about like the previous games more a bit later on. But just in terms of the way things are coming together, the way guys are playing, my boy Julius Randle, who, you know, I have a, 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 a special shout out with the MVP stuff later on. Check out the video. Might sound crazy to some, but hey, I think it's normal. Just me. But anyway, we'll move along. Uh, but just in terms of every uh, everything in the games that we've been seeing, like with them, they've just been playing with a lot of heart. They've been playing hard. And it's just making me excited to watch basketball again because for a while it was a bit depressing for me as a Knicks fan. Well, it seems that the roads have flipped because y'all is starting to get a little depressed as a Miami Heat fan. Um, sit back and watch your team drop two straight. Have two benches drop like 40, 50 on you in the game. I'll score you by like 30 points. And lose by 20. Uh, I'm also talking about two of the Phoenix Suns and Giving Nuggets. Well, how does that make so, you feel? 
I'm, like you feel it, it seems like you a little out of it like you just really went through a lot and, and by the way guys i am tia i'm sorry let's introduce ourselves i mean i am tia i like am the resident like i said nick's giants fan i am also the resident mom in the household this is a mom and son sports show so we're going to have family fun with you guys uh in the world of sports and who are you by the way um, have we met let's shake hands i prefer to stay anonymous fighting okay. right now um you know because depending on how my team is going i might actually add like i never rule for these teams well but i'm gonna put you on black anonymous friend that i gave birth to so this is Excuse my me? son who obviously genes you know in terms of like picking sports can skip so i'm hoping that when I become at least a grandma someday, you know, they have the sense to be She's Knicks and Giants fans. They will at least be Knicks and Giants fans. Um, and even though it's hard, you got to stick with your with your teams through the hard times. Don't you think? Yeah, you know, but sometimes the times get too hard. I've been there, brother. Yeah, but not like this. You know, we just trade for Victor Oladipo, you know. Mm-hmm. Great player though. We we basically traded him for a bag of chips and skittles. Um but then he got hurt and I'm very concerned. Oh, so now he's out. Yeah. Mm. He's been now, out for a Is he two really days. is he hurt or is it the Kyrie Irving effect? <laughs> no, he's actually no hurt. Disrespect. He injured his okay. knee. Okay, okay, okay. He's not Kyrie Irving, you know. Okay. He doesn't so, take personal days off. Okay. So I mean that's interesting enough something to talk about. Um just as far as players thinking um, sitting out of games and the effect that it has just overall on basketball in general and then also on fans and then also just even on, you know, like brands and companies that are that are actually supporting uh, the league and everything. Um, I don't know. I think it's something that seems to have become popular, you know, within the past couple of years. Like, I can't rem- and, and, you know, as an older perspective you know, as the mom perspective from it. I can't, like, really remember when I think about the days with the Knicks, you know, with, like, the John Starks, and I think about my man Jeff Van Gundy, and when we were in the pain, and, 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 and I mean, just going hard and stuff, and it was just, it was about defense and just great. And we're going to talk a lot about the old school Knicks, you know, during this show. Got a whole episode coming about it. Um, but I don't feel like it was a lot of games or times when guys were just saying they were just sitting out without there being an understanding in terms of like what they were sitting out for. Uh, and so it's kind of interesting now, obviously things have changed. Uh, athletes have become more, uh, vocal and active in terms of things, which I think is great. But also, too, just from, like, a fan's perspective, it's, you know, it's kind of different now because you might buy a ticket to a game and think you're going to go see your great player and then get there and realize he just decided not to play because he don't feel like it. That's how it kind of can feel like, like like as a fan. So for you, from a younger perspective, you know, in a younger generation, how do you feel about that? So if you buy a ticket for the Heat game and then 
you know, one or two of your star players are hitting out or are sitting out, and well, you've gone, well, you know, you're out there racing. That's not a good example because with your heat culture, that's never going to happen. Okay, excuse me, sir. So let's just say, in general, let's just say I brought a ticket for you, a Brooklyn Nets game. Or heat against Brooklyn Nets, right? Let's so maybe see. you want to see them play, but you want to see them really play against KD, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. So you can evaluate your team, and then they decide that only James Harden, Kyrie Irving, or KD is going to play for whatever reason. Then how do you feel as a fan that wanted to really see your team go in the paint with them and your team is prepared to play um, and have all of their talent that's available on the court, and they're not? I'll be very disappointed. Um, I feel like it'll be a waste of my money and a waste of my time. You know, if I'm going to go to the game, I want to see Kyrie Irving. I want to see James Harden. Yeah. I want to see Kevin Durant. Yeah. I don't want to go to the game and see Jimmy Butler going like Bruce Bowen or... What's 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 the shooting name? Harris. I forgot his first name. Joe Joe Harris. I want to see Jimmy Butler going head to head with James Harden, Kevin Durant. The players that you know they would face, cause cause right now we're getting closer to playoff action. That's right. We are. So we want to know how how our teams are looking and stacking, so we know how freaked out we need to be when we get there. And for, you know, a lot of times with some teams and some games, we're not really able to get that accurate reflection. Some things are, you know, beyond control as far as, like, injuries and stuff. You look at a guy like MD, um, you know, who I think is phenomenal and just he goes out and plays. He goes out and plays, you know, right? Um, and he just doesn't play when he's injured uh, and stuff. Uh, but... You know, there are some players that, you know, other reasons and other obligations have not been playing as much, particularly with this season. And I think it's been starting to happen last season, you know, too, as far as, like, just kind of a trend. Yeah, looking in last season, looking at the Clippers mm-hmm. and how many games Kawhi Leonard and Paul George sat out. So are we saying Ka- Kawhi Leonard started this? Was he, like, the... I'm not saying that he started <laughs> But it didn't help, it, especially yeah. when you think they say, "Oh, oh!" So they saying, "Yeah, everybody's going deep into the playoffs." And then you blow a three-one lead, which is interesting. In the second round. So you think that his sitting, sitting. So, so when we look at something like that, because what I think a lot when I look at the Nets now, right, is on paper they look phenomenal, right. Um. But we don't know how they really look in terms of games because have they even played five games back-to-back? I mean, together? Like, in a row? Consecutively? I'm not sure. I don't think so. Like, and, you know, ten, like, we're talking about seven-game series. Playing together. Have a couple, this is their first. Not They haven't even had a full year together because James Harden didn't come in. You know, at t- so they haven't even had a full, well, we can't say full year, full season. I'm sorry. Together. But... That cohesiveness, like, it reminds me a lot of, like, when you think about lust versus love. Mm. So I can meet somebody really fast, and you can, like, anybody, you can feel like, oh, my gosh, they're the greatest 
on paper because on paper a lot of things look really good and so they look like the greatest team in the league right now on paper and there is that adrenaline rush based on how they look on paper to just fall in lust with them but um love stands the test of time love stands the test of you know games and ability and i don't know that we've seen the thing i mean they beat the knicks by two points oh because they didn't have all their players they never they for the most part, the majority of the time, they don't have all the late players. Yeah, I don't remember the last time they all three played together. So is this just a magic button that they feel like because we're all really good players, we're just going to hit this magic button, and when we go to the playoffs, we're just automatically going to win You know these series? Because there's a lot of examples where that does not work very well. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly in the NBA with a seven-game series. I think it actually may be more beneficial for football because I think that if with the NFL, that because if, with the Super Bowl, if you just got a bunch of players together for a Super Bowl, it's like a Pro Bowl, right? Yeah. And when you look at that on paper, the Pro Bowl team should really win because all they've got to do is just have the chemistry and come together for that game. But when you're talking about, you know, seven-game series – and teams that are scrappy, teams that have heart. Like, I don't think that it's going to be easy even for the Nets in the East, you know, to get out of the East. And then whoever they face, I believe it will be the Lakers. But even if it's Utah, you know, or someone else, I just, yes, you can score a lot of points offensively, but your defense is so suspect. That if I think the Lakers are are would give uh, would, would obviously have a better chance because I just think defensively and just things that they can do. Although I think Utah is phenomenal um, and can hang because I really don't think it's. I know everybody is talking about offense, offense, offense. I don't think with this year's with the playoffs it's going to come down to offense. I think it's going to really come down, especially with the finals, um, to the team that really can hold people in the pocket. Um, and, 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 you know, just like good defense, like a good fight. You know, that's exactly what the 76 could do. We saw last night, uh, what the, well, Joel Embiid did specifically, he put about 40 on him, about 40. Ben Simmons, defensive player of the year, I'm saying it right now. Joel Embiid is averaging about 29 points. Do you know? That's the most amount of points. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, just I just want to say, Draymond Green, he just said Ben Simmons, defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. Draymond Green, I know he hasn't looked good this year. Now, I'm just saying this because of how much he talks about himself defensively. Um, and more in terms of other guys that maybe have that understanding of the fact that they've been doing things defensively for so long. That they just figure a guy like, so you're going to say Ben Simmons now. Now, Draymond Green may not even make it to the playoffs. So, it, it, it you know. I know you're not serious trying to say Draymond Green for your fist player. Yeah. No, I'm not. But what I am saying is, when you're throwing that out, it's not just about, I mean, it's, it's it, I almost look at the defensive player of the year more seriously. Than I do the offensive player of the year. 
right? So I think, it, it, I, I mean, I'm not saying it can't be him. But I'm just saying that when, you, when we throw that out there, gotta be careful. Because it's gonna be a lot of guys that feel like, hey, I grind and have more heart. So I think, is there any, why do you feel like he's your guy with them? And what do you feel like he's doing with the 76ers that really, you know, is propelling them in terms of like their defense? I'm not saying well, you're wrong. I'm just saying. Because I'm saying there's a guy, um, you know, maybe on the Bucks. Oh, you talking about youngest? I'm not. I'm you're talking They might Superman. have something to say with that. Yeah. I'm also saying there's a guy like Rudy Gobert that I'm not saying he's the defensive player. But I'm saying there's a lot of other guys that may have something to say about that in terms of ben Now, I do agree with you in terms of just the I think the 76ers. You know, I don't know. I, I don't want to say that they may. I, it, it's hard to say with the talent. Like, the Nets are obviously the best team on paper. But to me, when I watch games and just watch the play, particularly from a defensive mind stance, sometimes I do think the 76ers are, well, obviously from defense, a much better team. Well, you definitely a better defensive team. And as I was saying before, Jerome B is averaging about 29 points, a little over. Mm-hmm. Which is the most points per game a sex has averaged since Shaq in 1999-2000 season, I believe. Mm-hmm. Just phenomenal. MVP season. So with those two and your pieces they got around him, Seth Curry, Daniel Green, Maltese Fiebel, he got pieces around him, which I can really give a next or run for that money. Shout out to Danny Green. That's my boy. You know, Danny Green is the guy that could, like, low-key come through clutch for you in a game. A game! In well, a series. Don't ask LeBron. Because in your game five, you know, he ain't come through clutch at all. I'm not saying every game. I said a game. You know, with the 76, I can't even make sure to buy his hairs. Which is a problem that you didn't mention. So buy because his I think he could be the question mark factor. I really do think that Tobias Harris, if he has a really good playoff run, he could be the the the, the changing factor between the 76ers and the Nets. I mean, I think it really could could come down to how good he plays because I think if if MD is healthy, you know what you're going to get with him. Simmons, you know, defensively and also offensively, Right, you know what you're gonna get with them. Um, you know the same with Tobias, but I do think that Tobias Harris um, has the ability. Also, he can have games where he could score with uh, KD and Kyrie easily, easily. Um, and it's like that double-headed dragon, you know. Um, obviously. The Nets have three, but these guys have been playing together a lot longer. They have a lot more chemistry, and I'm just being real. I I personally just feel they have a, a bit more hunger, and I'm just saying that in terms of things like, hey, I'm not playing today. Hey, I don't feel this way. Just in terms of just energy, you can you know you 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 can tell and feel people's energy. I think that the 76ers all around are just built. To go into a playoff series 
hungrier than the Nets, even though the Nets on paper are built to have to show and prove. Yeah, question. I want to ask you how feel, how you feel about comments made by Dr. J. You know Dr. J, right? Are you, are you trying to play me? Of course I know. Okay. Dr. J, he said that your Brooklyn Knicks were essentially trying to buy a championship that kind of Yankees did. Hmm. How you feel about that? Well, I mean, I can't say I disagree. You know, I do think that at a certain point, you know, and obviously, like, love to LaMarcus Aldridge and everything, you know, with his help, he's had a phenomenal career. Mm-hmm. Um, but because he's had such a phenomenal career, like, I just got to be real, because he was such a great player, you know, when I saw the move, it was like, wow, okay, Blake River. Like, I do, it, it got to a point, because I think they were already stacked at that point. You have the, the top three, or not, well, I'm sorry. Let me back one. I'm not going to say, but you have... Uh, you have three top players. And then you feel like you... And, and then you also have really strong bench and supporting players. And then you say, okay, we need to stack the deck a little bit more. Oh, 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 that's not enough. We need to stack it a little bit more. So, yes. I mean, they're obviously... I, I don't think there's a question of whether or not they're trying to buy a championship. It's very clear that they're buying a championship. It's just a question of whether or not that's a bad thing or, you know what I mean, or a regular thing now. I think that it's, you know, it's... It, I don't know. It's a question of how you like your sports in the NBA. For me, it's not as fun just because... It, it, it almost takes away. It's just almost like, okay, so you're saying if whoever has the most money, so whatever billionaire next gets into the game and and, and whoever has the best relationships, you know, maybe in terms of getting deals closed with trades and stuff like that with the commissioner and the NBA, may have an advantage on having the best team irregardless of the heart and effort because things like that can be made strategically through a numbers and business game. And I think that that's a very dangerous way for the NBA just as a business to play because, I mean, at least for me, I like the days of the NBA when you didn't know what was going to happen. You know, when it was really grit and grimy and guys really had to go out there and just like, you could feel it. And it just wasn't the same. Like now, a lot of times, it doesn't surprise me that a lot of guys can bounce to the club after they lose by 20 points. Because it doesn't mean anything. To, it, it, I mean, you know, it means something in terms of like when they're on the court. But if you're in the club and two, hour, two hours later, then how much does it really mean? It's just a game, right? That's just how the NBA and players' mindsets evolved. But speaking of the NBA and players' mindsets evolving, let's talk about politics in the NBA. Do you feel like there needs to be a line drawn between game big and players and politics? Cause me personally, I feel like it doesn't need to be a line drawn as long as they're able to balance being an activist and a player. Like LeBron James is a great example of I don't know how he, he's like he's like Superman on and off the court. 
Can you ever get on your court and ever get off your court? That's what it seems like. So how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, I, I think that it's phenomenal. Like, when you look at a guy like LeBron, it's, he's my favorite athlete. So I'll put that out there. Even though I'm a Knicks and Giants fan, LeBron James is by far right now, right now, my favorite athlete. Because he's able to have a balance between, I mean, to me, it's like three, like, huh, three, four tier. He's able to have a balance in terms of community engagement, which I think is, is where a lot of political things um, fall into for, you know, standing for things for his people and his community and the things that he's done in terms of voting rights and, you know, even in things in terms of um, women rights and the Me Too movement and, and sexism and stuff and everything that he's trying to do with, with the WNBA. Um, and then you also think about his brand and all the opportunities that he creates for um, people in general and also minorities and women. Um, you know, to be able to have more opportunities by opening the door and creating lanes for them to be able to do that. And then everything else that he's still able to go and do on the court, um, which is phenomenal. And then you look at his family. And so it is like, to me, he is that all around guy. Like, I can't think of anyone else right now that I would look at. And a lot of times when I think about LeBron, it almost makes me think a little bit about, and I don't want to go too far out there, but like, you know, things with Muhammad Ali, where he stood so strong for what he believed in, but was still so good into his sport. You just can't deny it. And that is to me, LeBron James. So I definitely like commend people like that. And a lot of people like, you know, even he's got like, you know, I know KD does stuff, Kyrie, um, every, uh, you know, the majority of these guys, of, of, of um, players and athletes and stuff that are out there are trying to engage in what they believe in, whatever that is, um, politically and socially. And I think that's really cool. For me, I feel like there's a certain point, though, where you draw the line. And, and, and what I do not like and don't want to start to happen is where you're leveraging things that are happening socially or in communities and... and you know, things that should really just be organic as as kind of a leverage to just, oh, I'm just not going to show up today, you know? And, and the reality is it's not because you're so engaged. It's just because you don't feel like showing up that day, you know? So I think that that's kind of the line that is blurry right now because I think sometimes that, even if it's not the end intent of the athlete, I think sometimes that that's the perception that's going across to fans, that they just didn't feel like coming to the game. Um, or, you know, when they don't show up, because, even if, if it's a political thing or whatever. And so, you know, that needs to be clear that it's, listen, this is something that we believe in and it's important. And I think the greatest way to do that is, hey, support, as long as you're, if you're supporting these same things during your off time, when you're off the court, and in the off season, and I think it's great, but I'm not gonna front. I will have a problem with athletes that I hear about being more consciously aware during the season than during the off season, especially if if people are looking and are aware of the things that you're doing, because then it looks like you're just using that as a promotional ploy, and that's no different than brands that use it as a promotional ploy. But are you actively engaged? You know, guys like LeBron James, and I believe Kyrie Irving as well, 
are actively engaged throughout the you know whether they're playing basketball whether it's on time or off time they're involved in in doing things actively in their community and i think that that's something very important i think it's very special and i i, I think that that's beautiful no i couldn't agree more on you um now moving on i think it's time for the sponsorship the break. sponsorship break the most important part of the show so According guys Please hold for a minute from our, our dedicated and most important sponsors. Just one second. And guys, thank you for listening to those other sponsors. The final sponsor will be... Mommy! Mommy! That's family. The Bank of Mommy. So thank you guys very much for supporting uh, the Dash Family podcast because you know mommy's you know really putting in a, a lot of work and a lot of check, check books, checks, dollar thing. I'm old school. I don't know, but I haven't written a check in a long time. So I guess wired up. No, it's not called wired. What do they call it? Zells, Zells and Cash App. Zell Cash App Holler. I don't know which Holler. one of you guys I like. Holler, Holler is not right. I don't know what that is. Holla? Holla back. You never heard of Holla back? Oh. Holla. Oh, you talking about like the old slang from like 2000. So what's the new like version eight? of Holla then? I don't know, but it's not Holla. Okay. That's like, that's like it's like those old pimps be using. Come on, like Holla, let me back. Right. Like, he don't know. Um, Julius Randall, let me know the new version of Holla. You know, RJ Barrett, one of you guys, because my son don't know. He, he, you know, he's not helping me. He just want to, you know, whatever. But Holla! Football. (laughs) Let's talk about some football, which is not my favorite topic to talk about right now. Yeah, mine neither. (laughs) So, would you like to go first, or you want me? I'll go first. Green Bay Packers. You sound like you're exhausted. You sound like you I had am. a rough day with the green. You sound like you was out on the field with the Packers. Like you was it like really like in I the was. dirt in the mud like out in uh Wisconsin with them. Wisconsin. Wisconsin? Wisconsin. Wisconsin? Okay, moving on. Carry on. You know. Jeopardy? Was you on Jeopardy? He do yo, listen. He he's doing Jeopardy. If they don't get together, Aaron Rodgers in jeopardy. Hey! You know, I ain't mad at it. It made me actually have a more, um, uh, uh, like, a nicer moment with Aaron Rodgers in terms of how I looked at him and stuff with the jeopardy thing. You know, I said this a long time ago. Back when he was a free agent. This was a couple years ago. I said, if he left... I would have gone with him. To the Giants? No. Wow. Because you got to remember, this wow. is back when, I don't know if you remember, but this is when back when your Jacksonville Jaguars had one of your best defenses in your league. And all I was really missing was a quarterback. And I said, listen, if everyone go out there, I'm going to pack my bags, so I'm going to go out there with him. And to this day, it remains the same. I mean, not to Jacksonville anymore. But listen, Aaron, if you're hearing this, 
Hey, you want to leave? Don't worry. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the only Packers fan that will pack their bags and go with you. Because the way that organization has treated you, your talent, the best quarterback I've ever seen, aside from Patrick Mahomes, because you know Patrick, he, that's Patrick Mahomes, but that's also Aaron Rodgers. But you're the best quarterback, one of the best I've ever seen. And they treat you like that? They treat you like you average. They treat you like you're like Daniel Jones or oh, somebody. Oh, wow. Well, can't really complain about that. If you would leave. So he need to get out. I want you to stand. He need to get out with what you're saying. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I what think. What I'm saying is that he should have been got I out. I think he's saying, get out. Time to get out. No. What I'm saying is, you know, if you want to leave... We're going to come over to the Giants now. We got a good defense. You know, I was thinking, you know, maybe go to the 49ers or something. You feel me? Why they, you just went They made a the mistake in not drafting mm-hmm. you. But that mistake could be fixed by them going after you right now. Imagine you playing for San Francisco 49ers where you wanted to play in your first place and you got good weather when you're in a championship game. Mm-mm-mm. I wouldn't mind living in San Francisco. I'll go ask one of your games. Well, see, this is my issue with football right now. The fact that we that you talk about Aaron Rodgers going to the 49ers better and you just avoided even talking about him going to the Giants name. This is my problem right now with football as a Giants fan. Why would you go to the Giants? Because we need help. Okay. Isn't that no cherry weather? Okay. Listen. Um... Gentlemen, this it. Time about to be five, four, three, two, one. Your time about to be up. At, in my book, this season, because what I am not willing to do as a Giants fan is continue to go down this path of, oh, we're, we're rebuilding, we're regrouping, we're this, we're figuring it out. We did fit the sixth year on it. We did it. The last of Eli's career, and in my opinion, the Giants ruined his career by not giving him the pieces and putting the things together that needed to be done or, or just relieving him on a higher note than letting him play out through the mediocrity that was the last couple seasons, right? And so now we have Daniel Jones. And I kid you not, if I if we have to now play out another three years after we done did the years with Eli, of mediocrity, because I I I I know there are some people that feel that you know Daniel Jones could be be you know really sharp, really good quarterback that feel like he may be better than some of the quarterbacks in the next draft. Which guys, we have a draft special coming out in two weeks where we'll talk about all of that stuff, but. Um, I don't know. I don't know that I'm really, I don't know that I can say that. And I'm sold on that. And I definitely cannot say anything about him being elite in a stack of quarterbacks, even in terms, like, I mean, for God's sakes, I got to at least be able to say that I feel confident with him as a quarterback going against that with the cat. I mean, we got to be able to go compete with the cat. And I don't know that I can say that. Um, even with the additions on offense, 
you know, that the Giants have made with him because I just have not seen the things to me that are different than what we've seen before in terms of offense, in terms of the same things that we've seen with, like, Eli. Oh, so he'll get better because he won't throw as many. If we get him a better offensive line, he, he, he now he can run better. I see a, a bit than Eli. But I, I, I don't know that I'm sold that we don't – that. The, I, I, I'm disappointed the Giants didn't move up in the draft and attempt to at least, you know, get one of the three. And I know maybe they attempted to move up and just couldn't. Uh, but for me, I'm not sold on the kid. Uh, and I definitely don't want a repeat right now of the Eli area. I love Eli. I love, you know, the whole Manning family. You know, I loved Peyton. You know, I, I rooted for him um, in his last years with the Broncos. I was I was down for them with the Super Bowl, celebrated it a lot and stuff. And I wanted and I, I promoted and thought that Eli maybe could have a chance at another Super Bowl before he did. But he didn't. And I think you have to learn from your mistakes. And history repeats itself and I feel like the Giants are going through a lot of like history now I feel like Daniel Jones there's a lot of things that I see that remind me a lot of the Eli era and yeah we got a couple championships off of it which was great people will always talk about those championships as far as being flukes so I mean to a certain extent there is a little bit of flawness to it but still I think that, that they are great um but I want to go into a different era with the Giants. I want to go into more of a Patriots Tom Brady area era, you know, or or even at least even when we talk about like my son with the Packers, like Aaron Rodgers hasn't won a phenomenal amount of Super Bowls, but what he has done is been able to keep his team as relevant year after year after year and I am sick and tired of the Giants not being in a conversation for the Super Bowl for even the playoffs you know just not even being a sleeper team like the fans have gone through that for too long so I feel like this year is, is make or break in my opinion for Gelman if he can't come through, if the Giants don't make the playoffs this year, I don't think he should have a job. I don't. I think he should be relieved of his duties. And they need to actively figure out something that can aggressively put them in the position. Because I just don't think the time is on their side. Because I think that right now, if anything, fans are getting more fickle, for lack of a better word. Um, and following more trends and stuff. And look, I'm moving to a different area. I'm a diehard Giants fan. I've been a Giants fan and a Knicks fan since forever. But I, as a loyal fan for years and years and years, am getting to a point where if changes are not made organizational-wise, I, I don't know. Y'all, you, you know, like, don't make me look at another team. Don't make me. People divorce people that they've been married to for 20, 30, 40 years. Don't think that they won't divorce their team. And so I think that the Giants need to really kind of, you know, take a step back and look at what they can do to quickly. You look at the what's happening like now with the Knicks where, I mean, 
listen, they're not great. They're not going to win a Super Bowl. Oh, not Super Bowl. They're not going to win a plate. Well, hey, you never know, actually. So I'm not going to say they're not going to win the championship. I'm not even going to do that. But it, it, they, they, they have a playoff spot or, or, you know, they have playoff relevancy right now. And it's a year's difference. And they have, to me, been the most dysfunctional team in basketball. The Giants have a great organization, supposedly. I, I just don't understand how come there hasn't been any function where there is an expectation that they make the playoffs year after year. And... You know, that used to be the Giants' way. And if the Giants can't get back to that way, I think they're going to lose. I think that they, they stand in danger of losing a significant amount of their fan base. All right. Well, we're just going to leave that sub here and move on. Um. So earlier you were talking about the MVP. Julie Crandall. You're talking about the NBA or... Because we're not in the NBA. Yeah, NBA. I'm confused. NBA. Yeah. Julius Randle. I'm sorry? Julius Randle from the Knicks. He's the most valuable player. Yeah. We, we may have, like, the, the wrong Julius Randle. Are you, you talking about, like, your power forward? Yes, from the Knicks. He, he's, he's the MVP? In my opinion. And why is that? Because he's the most valuable player to his team. So, like, no LeBron. Well, LeBron is injured. So, so this Dame. is my... Okay. You're right. LeBron is okay. injured. Okay. Dame. Okay. Okay. Uh, you got... All right. All right. But this is my thing. Joker. Okay. Giannis. So, this is my thing with all those guys. Dame. Joker. Giannis. You look at all of their team, you know, you look at all of them and their teams are better than the Knicks, right? So for me, this is my argument, and this is a serious argument, right? For Julius Randle as MVP, as ridiculous as it may seem, is is the person on a better team that can lead, a team that's all around just better. The most valuable in the league or a person that a team that is not all around better. The most valuable player. I feel like when Julia if you I mean, we have won some games without Julius Randle. But I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say a couple things. Just 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 out of uh out of fairness. Forty six percent field goal, forty percent three um point, eighty percent free throws. Right? Now, these are the statistics. The things with it is, to me, this is a guy that, that, honestly, two years ago, I don't even know if I knew his name. Dog. I don't even think I knew his name. And he's 27. So he didn't just get into the league today. No, he's been balling. But the, the 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 turn on it, and so I think it depends on how you look at it. But I, but I would I think that like when you look at most valuable player, you should reward it in what it is. And what he's come out and done for the team this year has really, it may be his play that helps them get another co-star to him because he he on the verge of being a superstar. 
Julius Randle might end up being, you know, I'm not going to say he going to ever be. He's not going to be LeBron or KD. I'm not going to go there. But he can really end up being a legitimate, active, like, star name. And if his play is enough to attract another talent to the Knicks and then put them in position to, like, chase it all or chase something next year, to me, he's the most valuable player this year. You think I'm going to say Kevin Kevin Durant the most valuable player when he has to add in? I'm just not going to do that. I cannot say, like, that he deserves it and they had to add Kyrie. Well, not Kyrie. Kyrie was already there. But he he had to come to a team to have Kyrie and then add in after he came. Not just James Harden. But let's remember, he had to add in James Harden, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, and every damn body else to feel confident he can do it. No, I'm done. LeBron James, yes, he's injured. And a lot of, you, you know, you, there's a big argument to be made that even with LeBron playing 100%, if Anthony Davis isn't playing 100%, they can't win or get past Utah, you know, or even the Nets. I understand that, but then that's, that's, you need a two. But who are you going to say with that with, with Julius Randle and what the Knicks are doing? Who else on that team can you say he, I mean, he really has become the anchor. And so I do believe, yes, there is a very legitimate argument that could be made for him based on what he has been just doing on the court and also the things that he did off the court to be prepared for this year to turn around this ship. Because if you look at where the Knicks were at and and, and kind of like, I mean, they're actually relevant and they, so, so, so I mean, there has to be something to that. It's, 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 I think it's very easy to go to a situation that's easy. It's also very easy to go to a situation that's hard if you know you can pull in a bunch of things that are easy. But it's very difficult to go to something that's hard and find a path or a lane without anything that's great. The Knicks don't have, I mean, the greatest thing they have is is maybe Thibodeau as a coach, other than him. And they're finding a way to not only win games, but actually, like, compete and look decent against premier teams. All right, guys. Well, you heard it from us. Julius Rangel for MVP. I'm calling to my mom. Let's go. Well, well, I like time because I know I have to go call a therapist and a psychologist. Get you some help. Check on yeah, you need because she needs therapy. help. No, you need so, a therapist. Check in next week for more information on basketball and football. It's been no excuses. And guys, we'll be getting back to you. Um, we'll be having our. I'm not, I'm not to cut off because I was gonna think. Um, what you have to do is the um.